You're listening to the After The Show Movie Podcast from ascully.com. Your weekly look at movies, video games, and more brought to you by your hosts, A. Scully and Sitor. We're addicted to movies. Are you? Welcome, listeners. Welcome, Sid Talk. Hello. Thanks. How are you doing? Thanks. Hey. Thanks. Thanks. <laughs> I'm well. You? I'm very well. I watched a movie. It was great. What's the crack? It was a good crack. <laughs> so uh, what's the before the after the show discussion? Hmm. Don't think there was one. You were doing a thing. I'm over here playing The Sims. Um, I was telling my friends and you a spur of the moment movie idea. <laughs> it's not super original, but I'm tired. I'm making notes. Mm. Will we be reviewing this movie on the podcast <laughs> in the future? <laughs> That'd be interesting, wouldn't it, for me to tell the brief story of it? Oh, I won't, though, because I've got billions of ideas. Nothing ever happens. And if them. you say it, somebody might steal it. True that. It's such a good oh, well, it's idea. not like a super original anyway, so I can accept that. <laughs> Maybe later in the podcast, you'll, you'll explain it. I won't, because right, it's not perfect. fully formed. Perfect. <laughs> Maybe in a future episode. Maybe. All right, so it's Saturday, January the 21st. This is After the Show. We're a movie review podcast. And on edition, is it edition or is it episode? episode on this edition of our episode 771 we're going to review the movie glass onion a knives out mystery it's a 2022 movie it's from netflix it's pg-13 you can watch it right now on netflix it's also from the studio netflix how many times are we going to say netflix (laughs) so sid talk give us a synopsis of the movie glass onion a knives out mystery well, first of all, I think these days Netflix should give us some money for saying their name every single time. But hey, synopsis is a murder mystery at a rich guy's mansion slash island. And that's it. <laughs> all right. I'll give you the one off the uh, Netflix tin. Aye. If they add a tin. Famed Southern detective Benoit Blanc travels to Greece for his latest case. That's it. Oh, that's it. Oh, right. It's literally one sentence. They couldn't. Be bothered. Fascinating. With more. Well, I guess the le- less you know, the better it is. True. So, Glass Onion and I... I mean, mine movie. wasn't exactly thorough. No. Is a movie that we're going to have spoilers about now, because there's no way of talking about this without spoilers. So go off, watch it, come back, and then uh, listen to us wax lyrical about it. <laughs> All right, Glass Onion, how did you like it? I really enjoyed it. The end. <laughs> <laughs> I know you love that, but I mean, that's the answer to the question. If you have further questions to bring out the details of my enjoyment, please feel free. My first question is, how did you like the first Knives Out? And whatever you say, we could go back and clarify by listening to the review because we did review it. Well, here's my answer. I'm not going to compare them. It was fine. It was fun. It was fine. I don't remember what I said before. A little bit comic booky and over the top, obviously, this very out of the edges characters. And this one is just another murder mystery solved by the one thing they have in common, which is, I don't remember his name. Benoit Blanc. We're going to call him Detective Bond because it's Daniel Craig. Yeah, pretty much. Benoit Blanc. Yeah, there you go. And he's the um, connection between the movies. I gotcha. 
I like a good mystery movie. You really like a, a radio play, mm-hmm. which is how this comes across, really. My old radio timey stuff. Yep, I love you it. You could probably present this as a radio play and it would still work. Yeah, you could easily do it because it's not just dependent on the visuals. It's all about the mystery. And as long as you, if you listen to old timey radio, which I do a lot, in the old mysteries like Sherlock Holmes radio plays, and there's a whole bunch of them. They are very meticulous about describing scenes to you. And if you're listening close, and then later when the Sherlock Holmes character says, oh, and when the the gray mud on the bottom of his boot uh, crumbled off onto the carpet, you're like, oh, he did say gray mud back then, like 10 minutes ago. I didn't know anything about it. And then Sherlock Holmes tells you that gray mud can only be on your boots if you went down to a particular pond on the back of the property, you know, like that. So, yeah, any of them can be turned into that. So I'll tell you what I liked and disliked about this movie. What I disliked is the humor. I thought it was a bit forced. There's a lot of flat jokes for me. Mm -hmm. Or let me say, sometimes it's not even jokes. It's just like the caricatures of the characters are a bit too stupid. Stupid is a strong word, but (laughs) okay. I mean, they wrote in this really broad strokes, like here's all these stereotypes. And the kind of twist is the stereotypes of today. Uh, like a social media star and, you know, that kind of thing. I didn't feel like they were super severe, so I disagree with you. That kind of got on my nerves at the they beginning. They were obvious, but they weren't like the beginning super part, like, cartoony. I would say the first 10 minutes was getting on my nerves. You know who was the worst is Batista. That character, to me, is the worst one. Yeah. I don't mean him. I mean, that character is just yeah, blatantly like it, obnoxious. And, and that was the idea, clearly. Sure. And you were supposed to kind of dislike him. But the first 10 minutes, it really grated on me. I I didn't like the dialogue, the way they were introducing everybody through these puzzle boxes. And everybody was really hamming it up uh, more than they do in the rest of the movie. True. And then when they got to the dock and then they got on the boat and got to the island, I kind of settled down. I don't know if it settles down or I just got used to it. But from there on, I I was liking it. Now, what I really like about this movie big time is I really like when a movie presents itself as a thing and then it gets halfway through and then it plays the entire movie again, but from a different angle. And It's very very specific. (laughs) Yeah, there's been various movies over the years that have done that trick. I really like it. But then every time I see it, I feel like it's a bit of a cheat because if you leave out enough information the first time, it's always going to be a surprise the second time you see. Absolutely. It is a movie making thing, but it feels a bit like trickery because there's no way in this movie when it presents itself as one thing and then shows you it from a different angle and it clearly isn't the thing you were thinking. Well, that's because you, you wouldn't even have a sniff as to what's going on. True. Because they left all of it out and showed it you from... The angle where, you know, there were things in the first telling of the movie, let's say, the first half. You know where they're all in the swimming pool at the beginning? And you saw two of them go off into the corner of the swimming pool and it looked like they were talking. Like, I felt like, oh, we're supposed to try and figure that out. And I was always on this breadcrumb trail throughout the movie going, what are they doing over there? And why is that person missing now? Like, because this movie is clearly a mystery. I'm always trying to stay one step ahead of it, but I feel like you couldn't stay one step ahead of this. Not that that's their fault. It's just how it's presented. Do you know what I'm saying? The thing is, here's the deal. (laughs) 
Most people like to say before they say a big thing. I didn't think any of that. And I'm normally the one who's like, oh, this is what's going to happen. Today, I was just tuned out of that completely. Didn't even, I wasn't watching closely. I mean, if I saw a thing, like we'll talk about the glass, you know, a lead character hands a glass to another when the other one doesn't realize he's switching the glasses. And I was just staring at that spot on the screen. I just happened to be looking there. I wasn't like looking for anything. Well, and I think I just sort of let it be because it's quality people. It looks gorgeous. And I was just like, okay, you know what? I'm just going to go along and whatever rolls out. I'm all, I'm, I'm down for it. So no, I, I know what you're saying. I yeah. hear you. I hear you. When somebody leaves, especially when somebody leaves the scene and I'm like, okay, I haven't seen, you know, we're all in a big room and here's all our people. It's like Clue, Cluedo. They're all there. It could be any of them. And, oh, such a person is missing. And they've been missing for a while. So I'm always thinking like, what, what the hell? Like, is that a red herring? There are some red herrings in it, a very specific one. Yeah, that's super obnoxious. I could have done without that. Yeah, it, it's like... I felt when, like it was actually dumb. It's and, a fourth wall break thing, even. It's like, hey, wink, wink, audience, look at this guy. Um, I don't think it's that extreme, but... Well, he says, you can ignore me, as he's walking past, right. looking right into the camera. Well, I didn't notice him staring at the camera, but... Yeah. So there is things like that in here. But which, then later... Our detective guy says very clearly how frustrated he is that so many parts of this mystery are dumb. Yeah. He's like, that's just dumb. It's just lazy. It's just ridiculously stupid. Like, <laughs> like that. So I think that you're thinking that and he's addressing it. So I think it's they're fully aware. Yeah, they're totally aware of everything. And they tried to like with him. I did like this where he handed it off to another character. He's mm -hmm. basically like, this case doesn't need me anymore. You can finish it. So he just, that was where he was talking about how stupid some things were. Oh, I didn't feel like that was his motive. But well, his motive was uh, like he even said to the character, I'm going to give you the bravery or whatever he said to, to do what you need to do. Oh, the very end, you mean? Yeah. The very, very end. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. I like that because he kind of handed off the case. Like, um, I'm, I don't, I'm not needed here anymore. Like, oh, I didn't take it that way. They can sort themselves out. Wow. I mean, he said it. He said that to her, but I didn't feel like he was just like, okay, I'm out. I mean, he went and sat in mean, the chair. I mean, he was. Chair, he just but... literally went and had a smoke and a drink. And, <laughs> right. And he was out. But I just <laughs> didn't see it that way. That's so hilarious. So I, I really enjoyed that part. Um, I, I thought that the mystery itself was not great. And when the reveal in the middle came, I... I was a bit like, that's it? It's not really much of a reveal, <laughs> is it? It's like, uh, I get what you're saying there, for sure. You know, like, oh, okay. I was I, th I was thinking it might have been a bit cleverer than that. Yep. I actually thought that too at the but time. But it's that. Uh, and you can spoil it if you like, because we did say we'd speak spoilers. What, what do they reveal? Well, I mean, it's kind of multi-layered. It's like an onion. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> is that why it's called glass onion? Is that it? Is that it? <laughs> Yeah. Well, we don't want to reveal the whole of it, do you? You're trying to spoil no. it all? No, but let's say there's an imposter. Mm-hmm. The, the reveal is there's an imposter, which you couldn't have got, like I said to you. you. There's no way you could have figured that out. Correct. So once it's revealed to you, you're like, okay, that's a thing I could have never figured out. It's not a who done it at that point. 
No, there was no clue whatsoever to they, you having, no. And they even call this movie a Ryan Johnson whodunit on the poster. So, but there's no figuring, th- there's a lot of things you can't figure out. Which is where... It sounds to me like that's what's annoying you. It you is, because I do like out. this kind I know what I'm going into with this kind of movie. Death on the Nile was one we watched last year. True. A classic one where going into Death of the Nile, if you really pay attention, you can figure it out. But I don't think you can figure this one out. I don't know 100% if you can figure the first Knives out out either, because it does a thing like this in the middle. See, of that it. one I do remember being like, oh, it's it's him. So, right. You know. I like the idea of the island thing, because it reminded me of the menu that we watched the other week. <laughs> yeah. I like getting a load of people in a place where they can't go anywhere, and that's it. There's your cast of characters. Also a very old-fashioned idea, like the uber-wealthy creepy guy yeah. is inviting everyone to a thing. <laughs> Me obviously going at it with like a inquisitive mind while I'm watching it going, oh, I need to work things out here. What's going on? And listening to everything. I'm looking in the corner of the frame sometimes when somebody's talking. What are they wow, doing? Wow, you're distracted. Yeah, what are they doing over there? Who's handing somebody that? And, you know, there's that kind of thing going on in this movie, if you look closely. I did not. So that maybe is why it kind of got on my nerves a little bit. And then when the twist happened, I was like... Are you saying you're too smart for this movie? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> when the twist happened, I was like, oh, that's a twist. But that's not a twist you could in any way see coming. Which is impossible. frustrating for a person who's looking for it intentionally. Because then you're like, oh, well, it's like that thing we've said before and I always forget the name of it. Where it swoops in near the end, and it could never have possibly ever been even noticed at all. Yeah, it's that's frustrating. That What's the name thing. of that? It's got a name. It's got a, like a lady's name, but I don't remember what it is. It's not Mary Sue. No, might Ma- be Mary something. Mary Sue is the thing that is where. What is Mary Sue? Where the character is too overpowered or something? Oh, I don't know. I didn't know that was a thing. <laughs> yeah, Mary Sue is a thing, and people accuse. Uh, Ray uh, from Star Wars to be it. Well, let me just look it up. Mary yeah. Sue in movies. Mary Sue is a derogatory criticism for a character that fits either or both of two character archetypes. An Arthur insert character used for wish fulfillment and or number two, an idealized character who is talented at everything and has no meaningful flaws, but may have a tragic backstory. Right. Okay. I see why that applies to that thing. But the other thing isn't this, and I don't remember the name of it. But it's when, no matter what you did, paying very close attention to every detail, that when they wrote it, they knew all along that That they were going to... Yeah, it's a character that no one's ever heard of. It's a place or a thing that no one's ever thought about. And then they just show up in the last 10 minutes and save the day. I get what you're saying. Yeah. Is this movie um, guilty of that? Hmm... Not, not no, really. No, because they present the the imposter thing at yeah. a reasonable time frame. But you still, like you said, you would never have no. noticed that. No. There's not even uh, any dialogue to, no. to say. That no was, clues. No. So, I mean, that's not a flaw. It's just a flaw in my the way I look at these kind of movies or these kind of stories, I guess. I'm trying to figure them out. It's just perhaps I am a Benoit Blanc. I I I I've kind of it's just ingrained in me to try and figure it out. Maybe if you don't present it to me in a whodunit kind of way, then I won't try because I don't know it is one. There's your twist. It's a movie that's not presented as a whodunit at all, 
Maybe. But it is one at the end. How about Unbreakable? Or Beast. Like Beauty and the Beast? No. Isn't it just called Beast? You know. No. M. Night Shyamalan Ding Dong. Oh, you mean Split. Split. (laughs) Oh, Beast was a whole other thing. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, Split. Yeah, I get what you mean. But that's more like a... And again, at the very, very, very end, you're like, what? Yeah. (laughs) I wasn't, even though what is presented to you in this movie might make some people go, what? It didn't for me. I just went, Uh, oh. Oh." We're being very vague. Yeah. So let's get on to the cast. Daniel Craig as Benoit Blanc. What did you think of Daniel? Liked him. Cool accent. Um, I don't know about that, but uh, I like him. I like that he's committed to it. So it was cool. Yeah, he really is committed to it. He just, it looks like he's having fun playing that character. So. Agree. Edward Norton plays Miles Bronn. Not seen Edward for some time. No, and I really liked him. Really, yeah. really liked his... He it, understood... It felt right. <laughs> yeah, he understood that his character was kind of silly and played it accordingly. Oh, I didn't think that till near the end. Yeah, I mean, he, he's mustache twirly a little bit. Let's say. Oh, I don't. Wow, we've we're not the same viewing audience today. <laughs> no, you didn't Sometimes, think he was like. No, I felt like he was very representative of some real live idiot fucking billionaires in the world today who are so far up their own ass that everyone thinks they're genius because they dish out a bunch of shit that we don't know the backstory for. So we all like lap it up and we're like, oh, genius, genius! Look at him, he's so successful. Yeah, and but also, all, a di- also a complete dickhead. But they're all like this, seemingly. What's presented to us are shallow, flaccid, maybe lucky, maybe just stumbled on the right time, right place. And he was exactly that. And also he was evil. I don't know about the real life billionaires, but he was just evil and a jerk. But his act, the way he was behaving felt like, yeah, I bet that's how they are. Ryan Johnson said that he is not based on Elon Musk, even though everybody keeps saying that he is. Yeah, I think he's an amalgamation yeah. of various, you know, these, this character. We've got Janelle Monet as Andy Brand. I really like her. She's good. She was in Antebellum, which uh, was an interesting movie. Very. She was good in this too. Confronting. Yeah. Dave Bautista as Duke Cody. I do like Dave, but I, here, I mean, it's, I don't like the character. Yeah, it was a lot. And it's really outlandish a little bit. I don't know. Okay. I mean, maybe he played it well. Um, it's more like he belonged in the movie No Pain, No Gain. He absolutely belonged in <laughs> you Pain know what I'm and saying? Gain. Pain and Gain. Yes. Well, I'm just striking a million today. Yeah. Striking a million? <laughs> yeah. Batting a million? Batting a thousand, maybe? I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> oh, you get, get all the things wrong. <laughs> batting a million. That's acceptable. All right, Kate Hudson as Birdie J. Like, over the top, but over kind the of top, funny. But also believable. Yeah. I but, mean, you know, we see people act like just vapidness all the time, and that's kind of what she was representing. I did like the she uh, where she said, do you think sweatshop is where they make sweatpants? And her face was like, <laughs> I mean, doesn't that sound right? <laughs> so she's just, and she was great. I really liked, I like watching her anyway. I like Kate Hudson most of the time. I mean, there are times when it's, I don't understand why everyone's so over the top about it. But this one, I really enjoyed. What's funny about that is Kate Hudson runs a sweatpant company, Fabletics. Right. So. Oh, think, well, that's her, eh? Yeah. Right. So uh, we've also got Catherine Hahn, Agatha all along, as Claire DeBella. What did you think of her? Uh, I thought she was really good because I felt like she was the most 
real grounded person, the scientist in her, right? Cause she, okay. So she's governor of a state. Our rich billionaire is, is basically bankrolling all these people's lives and he's manipulating each one of them to basically get what he wants to happen, you know, with politics and science and whatnot. Well, she's a governor of a state. So he pays her off and kind of supports her entire life and got her elected. But she is, as we see from the beginning, her house is kind of sloppy and her kids are all rowdy and she's just like a person. But she's kind of because she was friends with him when they were younger. She's now moved into this slot. And so she's genuinely panicking and like out of her depth the whole time. And I felt like she was the most or the least caricature type. Her and the scientist. We've got Jessica Henwick, who we saw in Iron Fist as Peg. I loved her. Yeah, she's the PA of Kate Hudson, right? Correct. I liked it where she was like, if you're going to ruin her, like, could you not? Because like, that'll ruin me as well. And he was like, "Mm, whatever. (laughs) Yeah, whatever. Uh, And then finally, I'd put down Madeline Klein as Whiskey. And Whiskey's Dave Dave Batusta's girlfriend. Yeah, but I like that, you know, when what you think is like, the sexy chick that the guy with the muscles and the YouTuber has hanging on his arm and she's just there for eye candy, essentially. I mean, though, yes, we're in the 21st century. His character is all about growing man's rights in the world. Like he's anti-female rights. And so he's got this very He's the Andrew Tate of... Uh, Who's Andrew Tate? Andrew Tate in real life is a one of those guys. He goes on social media and tells you how it's a man's world and women should shut up and Okay. Well yeah, that's how this is acting. That guy. And yeah. this young lady is his the you know, she's got a nice bikini, she's fit and everything. And then we find out she's just an intelligent young woman and she's doing a thing for her own self. And so I kinda liked I mean it felt a bit forced at first. Then I'm like, that seems right because we watch okay, I'm I admit, we watch MasterChef and sometimes they put on like a social media star young woman or something. And she's got the big nails and she's got the big eyelashes that you're like, how the hell do you even see past those eyelashes with the tons of makeup and the big weird hair and the injections and all that stuff. Right. And then you're like, Oh, she's just a talented young woman. And that's just the package that she's wrapped herself in. And so that felt right to me too. So I I liked her. She did a good job of that. This is directed by Ryan Johnson. He's the guy who directed the last Jedi we all know about that one. Yeah. What did he try and do with The Last Jedi? Oh, this movie does it, doesn't it? It tries to subvert your expectations. So what did you think of him here? I feel like it was, it all fit just right. The things you felt were forced and obnoxious, like commenting on people wearing masks and not wearing masks. So it was COVID. They made it very clear it was during the lockdown and all that, right? I had no problem with that. It, it felt right. The use of phones seemed right. The idea that a billionaire could loan or borrow the Mona Lisa by giving money to the French government seemed a bit... <laughs> I mean, the, it was supposed to as be. As the writer and director and all that, I mean, that just puts you out of the realm of reality at all. So that was kind of like, could you not have thought of something a little more interesting? But again, he, he, did he write it as well? As Yes. Okay, well, there you go. So I think he just wants to have a good time. And feel like he's making commentary at the same time. I like him in this because it's his own thing, his own franchise, rather than in Star Wars, let me Mm. say. Yeah. Because while I like all Star Wars, that movie did kind of irk me a little bit. After watching... Did you like Solo? Mm. Mm. You know, the All is a very big word. (laughs) You know the movie The Last Jedi? The movie itself 
didn't irk me as much as watching that documentary after it, where it showed you him kind of wandering around with Kathleen Kennedy and she's asking like what he's going to be doing next and he was kind of like, I'm out of my league here, I don't know what I'm doing kind of thing. Do you remember? Mm, no. It was a, a an hour and a half documentary we watched and uh, it just made him seem like he didn't know what he was doing with Star Wars. <laughs> and that made it worse for me. I was like, oh wow, this guy. This guy. Yeah. So IMDB reviews, what are those? Uh, those are reviews on a little website called IMDB, the Internet Movie Database. And you're going to talk to us about the one-star reviews. Uh, take it away, Scully. First one says, One Layer Onion. Ryan Johnson wrote and directed a solid, memorable murder mystery with the perfect amount of charm and comedy, then proceeded to do the exact opposite with this obvious cash grab, ruining the Knives Out IP in the process. So that guy didn't like it. Disagree. Okay. Second guy says, Netflix has ruined Knives Out for me. Awful acting, awful dialogue, awful direction, awful story, awful comedy. I really went into this film hoping it would be great, but it isn't. Don't waste your time. Well, that's awful. <laughs> that's just awful. This person says, absolute garbage. I am baffled that somebody rated this more than a three. To me, it's an obvious one. Baffled. These people are coming up with some good words. This one says, Monet's acting is simply atrocious. She only has one expression, like she's constipated. The plot is written for idiots. What, why is this thing two hours and 20 minutes? Is it just because you had money to spend? Why make your viewers suffer? Well, that's rude to say that she only has... That's rude, because they're wrong. She was fine. And finally, this guy says, Rotten Mushy Onion. One star if I ignore Daniel Craig's accent. Zero stars if I don't ignore it. What a torture. Oh my. Torture. Torture seems like a lot, right? So those are the one stars. <laughs> we didn't see any extras. I do we... understand why people don't like it, but I mean, come on. Yeah. Lighten up. So we didn't see extras, and I'm going to give this movie a score. I'm going to give Glass Onion, A Knives Out Mystery, a 6 out of 10. I just thought of something. Now I'm going to have to consider when I'm writing this story for this movie, the one star review people. True. <laughs> Actually, write do I it cater for to, them. Do I cater to them or do I just slam them with everything that they could possibly hate? That seems like not real writing to me. <laughs> I mean, but, if you, you know. write a movie for them, people, it's got to be good, right? Oh, they'll hate it, though. See, this is the <laughs> point. There is no, there is no, uh, like getting over their one star view of the world. Anyhow, I'm six out of ten from me. And I'm gonna give it I think six is fair. Even though we had very different experiences, I think six is right. All right. I was expecting you with a coming out there with a seven, but Oh gosh, hey. no. I don't think it uh, you know, didn't make me like whoa or anything. So, no. No. You didn't stand up and go, Whoa. I didn't clap. Did I clap? No, I didn't clap either. So that says something. <laughs> <laughs> so thanks to Netflix, next week we're going to be looking at The Fablemans. Do you know what The Fablemans is? I don't. It's uh, director Steven Spielberg's new movie, and it's based on his life story. It's made by him, about him? Made by him, about him. Fascinating. Oh yes. my God, I can't wait. That sounds crazy. <laughs> <laughs> so That sounds like something a crazy person would do. Yeah. So like a crazy egotistical person. I should put that together. Just egotistical. Let's just go with egotistical. Movie recommendations. I'm going with a couple of movies that I 
liked the mystery of, liked trying to solve them as I was watching them, and I think are very good mystery movies. Number one is Memento by Christopher Nolan. It's a movie that plays in reverse order. It unravels its onion uh, peels as it goes along. (laughs) Backwards. And its onion peels are tattoos in that movie. It's like putting an onion back together. Oh my God, there you go. It kind of is. And my second one is David Fincher's Gone Girl, which has a moment where you go, oh, and you could have seen it coming, but you didn't. Oh, I got you. Yeah. So Gone Girl and uh, Memento. And my recommendations are going back to the beginning of this millennium. Uh, Millennia? Millennium? Well, in the 2000s, early 2000s, and I'm doing all science fiction. I'm up to the year 2002, starting with Minority Report. Great movie. We all remember that one. I don't know if it's great, but at the time I enjoyed it. Then we have, we're moving into 2003 with, oh no, Signs. Yes. Signs will be 2002. I liked that one. I don't think you liked it as much as me. Um, M. Night Shyamalan. Yes, M. Night Shyamalan, Ding Dong, as we like to call him. And Mel Gibson. Correct, and Joaquin Phoenix. And then we have from 2003, the Animatrix cartoons, which is very good. And then also in 2003, The Core. Not great. Such promise. Oh, my God. You're traveling to the center of the earth. I remember watching the trailer and actually being physically excited to watch it. Because it was another big disaster, right? The birds are dying and falling out of the sky. The earth is whatever's going on. You're like, ooh, I love big, you know, big giant disaster. I was like, oh, that's it? (laughs) We had a hard time with that one. And then uh, one of my actual favorites of the early 2000s, and a movie that stands out in my mind, and I don't know if I should watch it again, is The League of Extraordinary Gentlemen. Good movie, Sean Connery. It's very fascinating. I don't even remember that he's in it. I just remember that it's it's all these sort of off-hero people. You know what I mean? Werewolves, and, Dracula, I think. Uh, No. It's definitely a werewolf. Dr. Hyde. No, he's not a werewolf. Jekyll and Hyde. Jekyll and Hyde. Yeah. (laughs) I'm like, what movie are you talking about? I thought there was a werewolf in that movie. No, but you have the guy who traveled under the sea and you have uh, Tom Sawyer. You have just an interesting combination and like out of the out of the sidelines kind of hero superhero movie. And that's it. All right. A Scully stuff talking of superheroes. I've been playing more Midnight Suns, which is the Marvel I would call it card. It's a card game. It's a strategy game. It's a relationship building game. And it's a leveling up game. I've played a lot of it. That sounds like a lot. Yeah. Um, I'm about 40 hours into it. I don't feel like I've even finished the first act. But it's very much my type of game. It's got the... uh, I just want to go in, do another... Each part of the game is a day in the life of a superhero. So you, it starts with you waking up, getting out of bed. What what you do, have your breakfast, go and talk to people, get ready for a mission, go out on a mission, come back. Then it's nighttime, hang out with your superhero friends and then repeat the next day. But like you're going towards this story, which is taking out this big baddie, which happens to be your mother. Oh. Uh, the person that you are in the game, your mother is the big baddie. So it's a story and it's like, being a superhero, living in this place, interacting with the superheroes. Everybody's in it who you know from the Marvel things. There's people like Blade, 
and uh, Tony Stark and Captain America and Wolverine. They're all in there, kind of mixed them all together. Um, it's really fun. It's got this card battling game in the middle of it. If card games put you off, it's not really like a full-on card game because you're actually moving the characters around and they're doing special moves and stuff. It's not just looking at cards. I'm out. Um, but it's really... No, it's so good, the strategy of it. It's like Hearthstone, but with actual characters fighting it out. So you're like playing a card and then they do a move and you've got to take out all the people. So that's Midnight Suns. I'm playing it on PS5. It's from Marvel. And uh, it's excellent. Sito, what's for dinner? Tonight? You know what? I haven't thought about it. We have beans. We have toast. Uh, we have some fake chicken thingies. We're vegetarian. This is why we're telling you what we're eating. And we're just like everyone else because you come to time to eat and it's like, hmm, what are we doing? What are we having? That's what we're going to do. We're going to do the, the corn chickeny things and some beans. This week, I made an amazing dish. You did? I made a zucchini, tomato, and onion galette. It was amazing. It you was. made pastry. It made, was fantastic. Made my own pastry, made my own galette. <laughs> well, the galette is made with the pastry, yes. Yeah. But, it was um, amazing. I was impressed. I've been around people making pie crust my whole life, and I've never truly successfully accomplished that. And you just did like bloop, bloop, bloop. And then it was absolutely fantastic. I have to blow my own trumpet horn, <laughs> if that's even possible. Yes, do. Um, yeah, it was perfect. It, it was not a soggy bottom. Paul Hollywood would have given it full marks. <laughs> He'd have tapped on the bottom of it. It would have been fine. So yeah, make a galette. It was a new thing for Look me it to up. make. Look it up. It was very good. Yeah, very, very tasty. Sid Talk, what is your advice? Um, it's not really advice. It's just another what's wrong with me situation. So this week I had the opportunity. People call it an opportunity. It wasn't an opportunity. It was like... I work in a division for state government. They did a drawing out of a digital hat of one of the employees to have lunch with the commissioner of this entire branch of our state government and of all, all the people it could have been. <laughs> it still makes me laugh. It was me. And so I went and it was very, it was, I had my kiss t-shirt on and my stripy socks and my messy hair and my attitude, how I am, you know, to this person who's an executive manager. I mean, he's appointed by the governor of the state, right? My question is, what's wrong with me? Because I do not care about that person's, like, opinion of me. There was nothing fabricated, right, in order for when I presented myself. I had my crazy scarf on. I put on eyeliner, which I do about... Once every two weeks, so that wasn't totally abnormal, but I felt like, okay, I'm going to do one thing <laughs> that I don't do every other day. And then once we, we he, and you know what he got? He walked across the street and got us Jimmy John's for lunch, and that's what we ate in his office. And then we just talked, and he would say something about how things are run, and I would disagree. And then in the end, I gave him, again, I'll, while I'm sitting there, I'll, all of a sudden my nerves, because you get nervous, it's just a weird thing, right? I don't know this person. I have social anxiety. So anybody, it doesn't matter if that person would have been, you know, you saying you need to go over and tell the neighbor that their dog's in our yard. I would have the exact same amount of anxiety because I don't like people much. I don't like interacting with people. And it just gives me that thing, you know, I've got to just yeah. overcome it. So get over that. And then during the conversation, I would say a thing or do a thing. And I'm I'm fully aware 
there's no pretense here. I will. I did. I told him in the beginning, I said, just so you know, I do swear a lot. And so I might swear because that's how I express myself. And I did a few times, didn't flinch. And so my question is like, why don't I have the fear of others' opinions of me? Like I wanted to present a certain, I even had a list of topics and things that I'd asked all my coworkers and other people, what would you like me to ask? Because, you know, it is a chance to bring an idea to a person who may not hear it from employees at our place on the organizational chart. So I did ask people and I presented a lot of those specific bullet points, you know, I had printed out on a piece of paper. But as far as me leaving him an impression of me, it was like that doesn't exist. I want him to now have a good impression of the idea of having this lunch every month, which is the plan. I was number one, which is very, I'm the flagship. (laughs) But I want the impression of having lunch with an employee to be a good one, not that employee. Whoa, here's what I think of her. You know what I mean? Why don't I have that? A lot of people do. Most people do. So that's missing in my brain, I think. But that's it. It was an interesting thing. I enjoyed it very much. And I got free Jimmy John's. And you ate the cookie. So there you go. I didn't actually. (laughs) You ate part of the cookie. (laughs) All right. So ascully.com is the website you can go to to get this podcast. Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. We're on social media, ascully and Sid Talk. You can also go to anchor.fm slash after the show for the podcast iTunes, Amazon, anywhere where podcasts are available. You can email feedback to me, ascolyascoly.com. Do not email Sid Talk. She doesn't want your emails. And stay classy. The Knives Out series. We're going to get another one at the end of this year, Sid Talk. Right on. And I'm going to say, think for yourself. Because if you're not doing it, someone's doing it for you.